1: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with shopify get a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com work shopify.com work the boyhood dream has come true To find out how ugly mankind can really be Myself and the Click are gonna dance all over your face Talk about your sobs, talk about John 316 Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass Welcome everyone to an isolation station special Cultaholic classic Raw review as the other lads are cool for the summer We are here via our IcaPro powered DeLorean back in a slightly cooler time of 1996, the spring of 96. Lord, I missed the spring. Hoopy wee, I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell. And on the other end of the tin can and string is the mulligan to my O'Hare, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando, Jack Atkins from Goldaholic.com. Jackkins, how you doing? Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm all right, mate. This is nice, isn't it? All, all socially distanced like in the, like in the before times. The good old days, yeah. I think this might but, uh, be maybe the second time ever that we haven't been in the same room together to do the classic yes. Raw review. There was one point where there was another little COVID outbreak and we weren't allowed to be in the same room at the same time. Um, but this time, slightly different, because you're in your isolation station. Uh, and and to, for people who are wondering why, you haven't got a COVID or anything, have you? You, no, you no, no, You've done that already. Yeah, I did that before. It was
0: cool. Um, no, all all the all the trains are off for a couple of weeks. So rather than fart around, get buses, get Ubers, and all that, I was like, I'm working from home. And then um, the sun decided to explode, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> fantastic! The
1: timing's great. We are experiencing. We're recording this on the same day it's going out. Uh, it is a there is a heat wave across the United Kingdom, and I know that we here in the UK we love banging on about the weather. It's it's our favourite pastime, but like and i know and i know i've had all the other tropes from people i know right the summer comes around every year i know it's meant to be hot in the summer but oh, for lack of a better term fuck a doodle do this is like end of days hot this is ridiculous
0: see i i i've got both sides of the coin because i used to live obviously north america and even though it was canada where it gets very fucking cold it also gets very hot but over there, everyone's got aircon and the houses are still made out of wooden paper, so you can cool down easily. Here, they're made out of, you know, obsidian. Uh, no heat escapes. There's no air conditioning. Everyone's miserable and we can eat nothing but boiled vegetables. It. So that's, that's why it's unbearable in the UK because we, we're just not set up for it because it's not meant to get that hot here.
1: We are built for cold and miserable weather yeah. so homes like 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 the isolation station that the that, that, that habits myself and am a good lady and pablo it is designed in the winter it is you know what it is a money-saving dream in the winter because we don't we very rarely need to turn the heating on in the winter because the heat rises and it's lovely and warm mm-hmm. like because the because the walls insulate and that's great in the winter so always want to see a positive that's this place is great in the winter <laughs> On the hottest day of the bastard year, <laughs> <laughs> it is an oven. And the reason I'm at home, and we mentioned this before we started recording today, the reason that I'm at home today isn't because of the trains. I, was, I went in this morning and uh, I was at home yesterday as well. There's a few home bits to do, but more, more than anything, um, Alex is, is a lovely soul and she's a very empath- empathetic, emphatic. Em- she has empathy. <laughs> and uh, she's very aware that, you know, cats aren't great for hot weather, indoor cats especially. And our boy's a black cat and that's just asking for trouble. So the other night she said, I am worried about him, like on the hottest day of the year. Like he being on his own. Like I said, OK, I said, well, she's, and she said, well, I'm working till like I'm working till the evening. She's just, you know, could you not just can you not just take a day sick or something no i can't take a day sick i've got work to <laughs> i could always ask if i could work from home and he went yeah that, that'll that do and it just so happened that i had to come home for something else anyway and i thought well that's perfect then so i'll come home and make sure he's not exploded and we do you know and i'm sure you're the same with louis and with poppy you know when the hot weather hits and and uh you know with long-haired cats especially it's a bit of a chew on isn't it they're they're not great with the heat
0: he's uh Well, it depends what type, because I was reading, I think it was a thread that you tweeted out the other day, and someone pointed out that like Persian cats are obviously from the area that was once known as Persia. So as long as you brush them to fuck, they'll be all right. Louis has got himself in a spot of bother because he's a silly twat. (laughs) So I often go on about how he just obsessively licks. Obviously, cats lick a lot, long-haired cats lick a lot, but then Louis takes the piss. He's had like a little scratch on his back don't know if Poppy's done it when they've been play fighting or whatever and to kind of soothe it he's been licking it and then licking it a bit too much and again and again and again so some of the hair's gone the rest of it's matted and this just little wound just won't heal oh no we got him some (laughs) pyjamas with little bananas (laughs) on them Um, but he couldn't move in them so we had to send them back so He's currently got like a neck pillow which looks like a bit of melon, so, <laughs> so, so he's wandering around basically with a cone, and the thick little twat keeps licking the 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 cushion. And I'm just like one, that's not you. Two, it's not real fruit. Stop licking it. <laughs> so, he's uh, he's looking a bit miserable, but he's all right. Oh, and, love it. <laughs> yeah. And Poppy's just been hiding in the shade. She's been like, "I'll be
1: under your bed for 15 hours. See you later for some chicken." It's like, go on then. See, Poppy's got the right idea. Mm. Like it's hot, I'll go in the shade. And what our boy tends to do is, we've got him a little coolie bath, which we put in the freezer, so it's nice and cold, nice bot bot, perfect. We've got a fan on, <laughs> which you load with ice cubes, and the back, so one of those, it just blows out very cold air and that oscillates and that's currently on sort of night breeze mode in the front room lovely uh, little shaded area for him lovely there's a little shaded corner here which he can come and hide into where he's got water and he's got some dreamers and stuff A little cooling station now I'm just gonna lie I'm just gonna lie in the sun dad I'm just gonna lie directly in the sun and just complain about how hot it is thanks little oh
0: fuck speak of the devil he's here come on lou oh right we've
1: we've come got a go, meeting of the minds i'll We're grab i have the I'll... moment i'm gonna go grab mine this is exciting oh there he is the
0: fucking state There's of him there. look at the state
1: of him oh, oh louie oh he's last chance Bob. no no he does not want to play today <laughs> see you later lou see you lou Oh, bless him. <laughs> they both look equally as fed up <laughs> as the other. <laughs> bless him. Well, that that watermelon that Lou is wearing is better than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> it's fetching, isn't it? It is a fetching look. Yeah. It truly is a fetching look. Since we were last together, now I don't know whether I have shared this little bit of information with you since we hmm. haven't done a podcast since we announced it um but we i don't know whether you know we get a lot of dms and a lot of messages about the the cultaholic classic raw review from lovely people who reach out with suggestions and ideas and criticisms mainly nice things um and what i thought would be easy to do rather than. Because sometimes I find these messages and they get lost in the DMs. And I don't see them for weeks on end. And I I thought, there's got to be a better way. And there now is, Jack Atkins. There now is. Because if you're listening to this show, you have some thoughts of your own on it. Some opinions on your own. Maybe you were part of that show. Maybe you have a piece of memorabilia from the era that we speak of. You can tell us all about it in our brand spanking new email address. This is news to you, isn't it, Jack Kinn, Jack Atkins, this Jack Atkins? This is, yeah. This is a genuine reaction. Excellent. You can now reach us on classic at cultaholic.com. And there, you can reach out and tell us your thoughts, concerns, send us all kinds of bollocks. Uh, and, and we will talk about it as we go through. Uh, thank you very much to those who have already reached out uh, with nice comments and some deep joy about the podcast and such. Now, what I'm also learning is um there are some people that get a little bit confused with some of the references that we make uh mainly in america that really doesn't surprise me at all uh and um we're we're gonna attempt to uh work through some of these as we go along now this is one that's sort of aimed towards the smackdown podcast but i think it'd be good for us to talk about it on this one as well okay um from travis pritchett who is a big fan of the cold garlic classic podcast and it's lovely for you to reach out um with the sincerity out of the way an important question about the kingdom's favorite wrestler the british bulldog <laughs> as a stupid and ignorant american i often fail to understand many of the very british references that you all make i.e greg sausage rolls dennis norton etc <laughs> that one curry restaurant monarchy <laughs> But in between stuffing hamburgers in my mouth and spelling words without use in, I generally can work out what makes them comical through context clues and laugh for the context clues and laugh along with your podcast anyway. There's a major exception to this, though, and it's to do with the British Bulldogs messy falling out with the Hart family. Could you explain what exactly is so hilarious about Brett insinuating that if not for them, the Bulldog would be laboring down the Wigan (laughs) mines? <laughs> so, this is a good one for us to start on, Jack Atkins. Um, yeah. So, thank you to Travis Pritchett for the lovely message. Uh, uh, thanks for everything either way. Thank you for helping nurture my slowly budding and growing love for professional wrestling. Travis, you're very welcome. Thank you, Travis. Um, the Wigan Mines. Uh, this comes from uh, Bret Hart writing in the Calgary Sun that had it not been for the Hart family, British Bulldog would still be working down the Wigan Mines. Um, I, why is it funny <laughs> that's a really I were them I mean for me the, con- the the concept of the it's the visual idea of British bulldog working down the mines in the northwest town of Wigan yeah maybe that's where the confusion is because the Wigan mines are mines from the town of Wigan
0: yeah I think I think it's a mixture of the fact that like obviously Thatcher and the mines in the eighties. So mining culture isn't as big here as it once was. I think it's the idea of the stereotype of people from like the North and Yorkshire and stuff working down pits in the flat cap and all that. And also yeah, the, the image of 1991 British bulldog with the, with the braids and the Cape down a fucking mine. <laughs> <It's amazing.
1: laughs> That's the bit that gets me. It's just the visual. Yeah. Um, uh, but, I think the confusion came from the Wigan mines. It's yes. Basically, the, it's the mines from the sort of Thatcher era in the town of Wigan. Yeah. And were there even mines in Wigan? I guess there had to be.
0: Yeah, it, it doesn't strike me as a mining town. I either think of Wales or Yorkshire, really, and Sheffield and places like
1: that. Maybe, um, the, maybe the joy is the fact that there are no mines in Wigan, which makes maybe. it even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> it was just harpy never... Hart being very wry. i've never had to explain the gags before this is a this is a new experience i like this i like it well if you have if you have your thoughts concerns questions arguments opinions on raw from the new generation era and beyond you can now get in touch at classic at cultaholic.com we'll look forward to doing some more next week right now though let's get into business Get down to bid-ness. I've enjoyed this. This is, this is a whole new experience for me. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. What a uh, show so far. We've seen. We've had Louis and Pablo, if you watch on the Patreon. We've explained the Wigan minds. And uh, <laughs> we haven't even started talking about the wrestling yet. Christ. Uh, I can could, I could paint the picture of this week. Week commencing March the 4th, 1996. In the boring-ass real world for you. Yeah. Uh, number one in the UK box office was Jumanji still. Everyone's favourite film about a board game. game. US box office number one, up close and personal. Do you remember this one? I know the name, is it? I was going to say, is it uh, Michael Douglas? But I don't think it is, is it? Uh, 1996 American rom-com, directed by John Avnet, starring Robert Redford as a news director and Michelle Pfeiffer (laughs) as his protege, with Stockard Channing, Joe Mantonega. Fat Tony from The Simpsons. Fat fact, from The Simpsons. Yeah. And Kate uh, Kate Nelligan in Supporting Roles. Right. An adaption of Golden Girl, the story of Jessica Savage, which is a 1988 book by Alana Nash. I don't remember this film myself. I don't want to do it a disservice, but it was obviously number one, so obviously people liked it.
0: Uh, yeah, it's nice that Robert Redford was still a box office drawer in 1996.
1: <laughs> yeah, he still he's still got it. Uh, in the UK charts... Oasis is not number one anymore. They had a whole week on the top. Do you remember the song that took them off? Is it a proper song or is it a silly one? It is a proper song. Uh, Blair. It's not even Blair. No, go on. It was Take That, How Deep Is Your Love. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, This was the first single Take That did as a quartet because Robbie had left the band shortly before this, and this was actually their final UK number one. It was it was around this time that they did that press conference where they announced that the greatest hits will be their last album, How Deep Is Your Love Will Be the Final Single, and after that, take that is no more. <laughs> do you and... remember the te- do you remember the Teary press conference?
0: No, I don't re- I don't <laughs> remember that. I, I can just I, I just remember Robbie Williams appearing allegedly off his twat on cocaine. <laughs> With peroxide hair in an amazing Adidas jacket, but
1: uh, I don't remember the press conference. No, the press conference. Um, I always remember it because it was at the time I was appearing in the. Um, I was appearing at the Swan Theatre in Worcester production of uh, a play uh, of of the Jack and the Beanstalk, and I remember. <laughs> The announcement that the take that was splitting up and it really upsetting some of the girls in the in the chorus i just remember that as the thing
0: it, it, it was one of those things that as a kid i didn't like take that but now
1: i listen to them like they were fucking really good yeah <laughs> yeah well as, yeah. as young as young men we were sort of conditioned to not like take that weren't yeah. we yeah yeah very much so it was just like oh it's a boy band it's for girls yeah. and now you're just like
0: now you're just like ah oh, you know gary barlow he's a tax cheating arsehole but he can he can pet
1: a tune he can, <laughs> can pet a bloody tune he can bang out a tune that lovely lad yeah now the single <laughs> went on to become their final number one as we said uh, they would come back in 2006 i didn't realize this until until uh prepping for this show in 2018 they did how deep is your love again but they got the surviving bg to appear in it as well because it's a bg's cover I'm a massive Bee Gees fan. I I didn't realise
0: they did that with Sir Barry Gibb. I don't think he's knighted, but in my heart he is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's on an album. I think the album's called Odyssey. And it's like a series of weird Take That covers and stuff like that. And and they did it with Barry Gibb. Oh, fantastic. Nice little nod to the originals.
0: I, I tell everyone this um, there was a Sky Arts documentary uh, from a year or two ago about the Bee Gees like a full deep dive back to the 60s and all that and it's just when they're interviewing Barry Gibb he's basically said, yep yeah, I'm the oldest of four all my brothers are dead and it's like fucking hell mate but it's really good documentary uh, again I can't remember what it's called
1: just type in Bee Gees Sky Arts and you'll find it but it's really good He's very much the uh, the Kevin Von Erich of the music world. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Except less. Tr- maybe, maybe tragic in a different way. Yeah. Um, US number one is Mariah Carey, One Sweet Day. Day. But fret not, Mum Brav. Fret not, because a powerful pair of pipes is about to choose a song from their album titled Falling Into You that will go down in history as a Carey killer. Oh. Couple of weeks away, we're a couple of weeks away. Uh, f- a <laughs> few world news bits as well. March the 7th, uh, in this particular week in the, in the world of 1996, we had our first surface photos of Pluto from the Hubble Space Telescope. We can now see what Pluto looked like. We thanked Pluto for its service by declassifying it from a planet to a <laughs> shitty bit of rock. So thanks, Pluto.
0: That's a nice bit of serendipity considering the um, new telescope that beamed images this week that I've forgotten the name of because it was like a full person's name. It was like James Sinclair Telescope or something.
1: Oh, God, yeah. I did a whole bit on it on the radio and I completely forgot what it was called as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not as memorable a name as Hubble. Or like for kids of a certain age and you think of the mere space station that was always falling to bits and stuff like that. But It's
1: not as catchy, is it? It doesn't no. have
0: the same... scientists today I miss the days when they'd find a new planet and it'd be like let's call it Gargantua the war planet whereas now they're just like oh it's Zeppelin 1592B it's like no stop it nerds call it something (laughs) cool like Destructo or I don't know fucking
1: Ironheart (laughs) call the planet Ironheart you cowards you cowards you absolute cowards uh, the day after Pluto's, the photos of the surface of Pluto emerged, these two events aren't connected. Uh, Fargo was released in cinemas. <laughs> Fantastic film. Great film, isn't it? Steve Buscemi, William H. Macy, mm. Francis McDorm- Francis McDormand. Hell of a movie. I've and never... it went on to become a hell of a series.
0: Yeah, I've never seen the TV show and somehow managed to avoid all spoilers. It's been on my
1: list for years, but you know, life got in the way. But I do still really want to watch it because, yeah, the film's great. And in the video game world this week, Super Mario RPG came out for the Super Nintendo. This was a game that made everybody go "what?" because it was a it was developed by SquareSoft using all the Mario IPs, and it was like a, a, a action timed event role playing game. It's brilliant. It's really good. I n- I never played it, but it's it's one of those ones that I only heard of for the
0: first time in the last few years, and obviously it's it's got a, a cult following and a, a reappraisal. So. Again, another one that's on the list, but uh, Louis and Minecraft get in the way.
1: <laughs> an ever-growing list. So that is the real world. Uh, that's the boring real world. The wrestling world this week. Well, I've had a sneak preview, <laughs> Jackins, of some of the stuff this week. I think so- <laughs> I think seismic is a, a is a, an accurate way to describe what's happening. Yeah. Well.
0: Yes. This is from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter dated March 11th, 1996. And what a way to open it. Kevin Nash officially gave notice that he would be leaving the World Wrestling Federation to accept an offer from WCW in a phone call to Vince McMahon at 10.50am on March the 5th. So the day of this Raw? Yeah. Yeah. He, what? he, he, ran, he just rang him up. He was like, yeah, I'm leaving. Because the last time we were together... um, the newsletters were saying, "Oh, people backstage think ah, he, he might go to WCW, but ah, who knows?" But now he's officially said, "Yeah, I'm going. Scott's going. I'm going. Let's let's go." So, according to Dave, no contract terms are available, but the general belief within the industry was that WCW were offering Nash a three-year guaranteed deal, with the pr- price being anywhere from 450 to 750 grand per year. Uh, Dave says this is more likely closer to the lower amount. Um, and oh, that's a bit later on when we talk about Scott Hall. But yeah, um, it, it seems that Nash is more in the good graces of WWF because he's told them he's like, look, my contract's running out. When it runs out, I'm I'm, I'm going to join WCW. Whereas Hall didn't really. He just kind of farted around a bit, and then he was just like, oh yeah, um, I know you've booked me for Mania, but I'm 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 going. Uh. And they were and they were like, well, you're suspended. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So the, we, we were saying the other week that Nash was feeling a bit frustrated after his title run. He just, did, oh, he didn't want to be in a main event run with The Undertaker going to
1: WrestleMania. No, he or... didn't want to slum it in the in the, main, the main event of the year with one of the company figureheads. Didn't want yeah. to slum it doing that. What He'd rather be hint. in an opening match with far two. <laughs> But uh, an inter-office memo was sent in the
0: WWF by Linda McMahon, who stated that there would be no change in previously scheduled bookings involved Nash, and he'll continue to work with the WWF through June 6, 1996. So,
1: uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, they're keeping... I mean, mean, they say there'll be no changes to the booking. You can't help but feel they're going to take less... They're going to put less emphasis on Nash going into Mania from here. I don't know, because, you know, why would they want to give too much airtime to somebody that could you know potentially be going somewhere else oh definitely i mean it, it makes me wonder
0: because obviously the streak's not been established at this point i wonder no. if there ever was any consideration for diesel beating undertaker just to give him some momentum after dropping the title
1: that's
0: until an interesting this show.
1: i mean that's a, that's i never even considered that no whether that might have been a thing, but I mean, there was no, there'd be no reason not to because, as you say, this the streak isn't part of the the uh, part of canon yet. Like it's no. just a, it just happened. They got to WrestleMania in two thousand two, went, oh yeah, Undertaker's not lost. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: So what is, what will he be? He'll be about four and oh heading into this WrestleMania, won't he? Three and 4 and oh. Um,
1: he'd be name redacted. Jake Roberts, <laughs> John Gonzalez, King Kong Bundy. Uh, yeah, so this will be the fifth. This will be his fifth uh, His fifth mania. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Now, he's not the only one that is uh, one foot out the door. Somebody we talked about a bit last week. Well, I've got my notes here. It's saying about Razor Ramon, if that's what you're
0: intonating. Yeah. That's who I'm intimating. So, what was going on this week is David noticed that in terms of house show and finances, WWF are actually on a bit of a... Not a hot streak, but the are the, the heated up. Things are going well. But they've had a lot of injuries. So Razor Ramon, who was suspended for six weeks on February 21st, um, some people were, were reporting that he tested positive for marijuana on a drug test, which coincidentally came back the same day that he gave notice. Anyway, mm.
1: he he how quick that department works when it needs to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He's been doing weed. It's like, yeah, we'll
0: smell him. You'll be able to tell if it's the same thing. <laughs> Even though he'd been suspended, he's already back on the house show loop. Um, well, he, he'll be he'll be coming back on April right after WrestleMania, basically, because uh, because the, the Pagod, they are absolutely bollocks. That everyone's broken and sore. Um, I so... do genuinely
1: believe if they had a stronger roster at this point, they might have and had a bit more sort of you know gumption. They might have just said to Nash and Hall, you know what, fuck off. We'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. and then it just reworked Mania but I think because they are so buggered and you know, you've got you know, a wolf at the door in the shape of uh, Turner and Bischoff like, they're a bit more like well no, let's stick it out let's keep them on let's keep them on the books let's see where we go
0: well as it says here he's, uh, Scott Hall is expected to return for the 16 day tour of Germany from April 7th and then work through mid-May on the house show tour where he'll undoubtedly do jobs every night Uh, Those in WCW privately were believing the odds of Ramon coming in were strong, although no contract has been signed. McMahon had elsewhere talked of Ramon receiving a 500 grand per year offer from WCW. On the surface, that figure sounds slightly high, since it is believed that Ric Flair, Lex Luger, and Randy Savage are all earning between 375 and 450 grand. But, as we know historically, the the phrase that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash banded out was sting money. They were like, we're signing for sting money. We've got favoured nations contracts. We're big players. We're on sting money. So, and as Dave says, you know, as seen in interproportional wars, the value of top stars top stars goes up, uh, and others with ties to WCW claim that the seven hundred and fifty grand three year figure figure going around for Diesel would also be nowhere close to reality. But again, we'll wait and see because. It goes from what we've heard from the wrestlers involved. But as you know, wrestlers always embellish everything. Mm -hmm. But it does go a little mad on the money side. But um, as it's saying here... Sorry if I'm, it's it's weird reading my notes off screen rather than going off paper. The reason <laughs> the reason it is expected that Razor Ramon will fulfill the remainder of his WWF dates after su- the suspension is that a large chunk of WWF money is paid on a delayed basis. In particular, pay per view day uh, pay per view checks, which are on a ninety day delayed basis, and merchandise money. Ramon would conceivably have a lot of money left on the table. Uh, should he breach? If he were not to work out his notice doing jobs, WWF could consider it as a contract breach and use it as a reason to have a fine him uh, some or even all of the money. So they've they've got him basically saying, if you want this money, you've got to go do jobs on the house show loop, and you've you've got to eat it, mate. Um,
1: oh.
0: An interesting tidbit that will come back to be very important going on, it says if Ramon is to jump as expected, he would have to change some aspects of a successful gimmicked ring character. In the case of both Ramon and Diesel, neither would be able to use their current ring names since they are intellectual property of Titan Sports. We own the copyright, goddammit! <laughs> Dave said here, Diesel's transformation would be easier because there is little gimmick about his character other than the ring name and perhaps the leather pants and black glove and the fist in the air. But as we see from Kevin Nash, he keeps the leather pants and black glove and holding his fist in the air. He's he's the same fella, he's just not named after uh, a source of What fuel. makes a Mack
1: truck go. That which makes a Mack truck Mac go. Tr- go. Uh,
0: but with Razor and Marin, they're saying... Uh, WWF will at least attempt to claim intellectual rights over his slicked hairstyle with the curl in the front, the toothpick, the Spanish accent, the
1: jewelry, and the ring attire. So, uh,
0: yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll...
1: good luck with that because I think there's something that Dave said, and, and I agree with it, is that like the diamond stud predates Razor Ramon, and a lot of the aesthetic of the diamond stud was. The slicked hair, yeah, was the sort of swagger of Razor Ramon. There was a few things that you, I think, the toothpick was the toothpick a part of the diamond. That was part Stud of Diamond thing? Stud, yeah, yeah. It's it's already it was already a thing. I just can't call him Razor Ramon. Yeah, I guess, you know, wind back on the accent and calling people Chico. Because before Diamond Stud, he was like
0: AWA with the big
1: mustache and the kind of perm, wasn't he, with uh, Kurt Hennig? So yeah, <laughs> there's a great bit on the uh, AWA documentary. Which is... And it's just like... It's like a sim, like an ultimate image of manliness. And I think because Kurt Hennig and Scott Hall were a tag team, there's a vignette with them both getting out of the pool at the same time. And they're just like <laughs> yeah. the most manly-looking men you've ever seen. It's like, hey, we're just manly men. we is just manly... And Kurt, Kurt Hennig. We're just innocent men.
0: We're just be a dudes.
1: <laughs> just massive dudes with a bit of chest hair. Like the manliest men. They'll kick your ass and then build a table. So... Talking of madly, man, sources in the
0: WCW claim a third major star will follow in their footsteps shortly. The third man? Who who could the third man who be, Who the brother? third man? Oh, what are you talking about? Who so, could the third man be? Again, I'm wondering with hindsight, is there, this them just trying to get people or do they know that they're going to get Sean Waltman?
1: I want... Well, obviously, Sean is in with the in crowd on that one, and him and Scott yeah. and Kevin, mates, and Sean's not been happy... From what I've gleaned yeah, true. And uh, so whether or not they've just gone, hey, come with us, run with us. We've got everything you need. <laughs> and you, Hunter. Wait, no, you stay here. <laughs> you clean up our shit, boy. Um, <laughs> then run the wrestling world. That's fine. But yeah, I, th- <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was Sean Waltman who was being considered as. Yeah, I mean, that, that'd have been quite cool. Had like we had Scott and Kev turn up, and then Sean Waltman. Because Sean wouldn't come along for a little while. No, because even though they say he's the sixth
0: member of the NWO and one two three equals 6 and he'll be 6, he's technically the seventh member of the NWO, so that doesn't really work. But... <laughs> Quick maths. Quick maths. Um, Quick maths. Do you want some more news on Big, Big Strong Men? I would love more news on Big, Big Strong Men. Sid Vicious, apparently aged 35, but who'd looked about 42 for about Bulldogs! 10 years.
1: Oh, look, is he 35 at this Uh, point? 35, apparently. What? I've done nothing with my life. (laughs) Yeah, but you look younger than Sid Vicious looked at 28. (laughs) But I've I've... headline WrestleMania once. Yeah, that's true. But neither did CM Punk, so it's fine. Ah, so, (laughs) phew. He did did headline WrestleMania. He drove John Cena to to the ring in that little car. With his lovely machine gun. Lovely little Tommy gun. Bless his Uh, little face.
0: Ugh. Um, so, Sid Vicious announced live on Memphis telev- television. Uh, because of neck and shoulder injuries, he's retiring from wrestling. <laughs> so, whether this announcement was legit or a work for an angle in Memphis is unknown at press time. We're told that the WWF, which Sid is under contract to and has been sitting out with uh, because of this injury, the WWF had no idea he was going to say this. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> Sid's just turned up in Memphis God. gone, yeah i'm uh
1: i'm retiring yeah wf gone like fuck you
0: are what
1: <laughs> <laughs> i remember years and years ago i um I, one of the first wrestling promotions i ever worked for and they put out a, a, a thing on their facebook page to announce the show for that night and one of the comments underneath it was from one of the wrestlers announced for that night who in a little reply to the post said, I think it's time for me to hang up the boots. I've been happy and proud of uh, my career so far, but I think I'm done. Thank you to everybody who supported me all this time. Have a great night, everybody. To which, like the promoter put, mate, you you booked tonight. (laughs) (laughs) They're just a different breed wrestlers, aren't they? They are just a different breed. They're just a different breed. Uh, The Sid, Sid, I love Sid, because Sid Vicious is... He's the car. I think he's the sort of wrestler, like in terms of sort of business wise, that I'd be like because there's stories of Sid who would just ring like WWF headquarters on a Monday and go, Yeah, sorry, I can't make it to Raw. Uh, just uh, got headaches. Bye. And it's just like, No, we, you need it tonight. You can't just leave a voicemail and say you're not going to be there is that's the sort of
0: bullshit I think I'd pull. Yeah, because in, in the back of his head, he's like, I'm six foot nine and I'm fucking jacked. I could do what I want because there's a thousand promoters who will use me.
1: Because I got softball that night. I've just remembered, bye, have a nice WrestleMania. You're in the main event, Sid. I tell you what, like, latter lot of days, WCW gets shit on for good reason.
0: But at the time, I, I loved Sid Vicious as World Heavyweight Champion. Looking back, it's bobbins. But at the time, I thought, fantastic, bit of Sid, love a bit of Sid.
1: He looks good with the world heavyweight title. He does, yeah. A a lot of the appeal of some champions comes down to how they look with the belt. It's all aesthetics. Goldberg with the world heavyweight title is the best Goldberg. I know the belt suits him that well. And it's the same with Sid. Sid with that belt around his waist, it looks good. Yeah. And some some look better with it. Some do and some don't. Some don't. (laughs) And some don't. (laughs) Talking
0: of future world heavyweight champions, uh, Luis Spicoli will be debuting in ECW on March 29th. So this is taken as a sign that he's one of the guys who's been let go by WWF, a.k.a. Rad Radford. Rad Radford. Um, we hardly knew ye. I've got some carny bollocks here to do with ECW. Yay! Carny
1: bollocks! Carny bollocks! Carny bollocks! the best Carny bollocks! Right, so
0: in this past week, March 1996, there's been a lot of controversy uh, regarding ECW's television situation with Sports Channel in Philly. In a nutshell, everything is how it was. However, there's a fella called Eugene Moore who's an associate of NWA, NWA promoter Dennis Coraluso. So according to this, and I love the carniness of this. This Eugene Moore went nuts on a radio show and issued an NWA champion versus ECW champion challenge. With each group sending their champion, putting them in a cage with security around the ring to prevent interference as a shoe fight for 250 grand. With the losing group never allowed to promote wrestling again. The ECW champion was the Sandman. The NWA champion Dan Severn. Oh, <laughs> no,
1: that's cheating. That's cheating. That's that's like that's like saying I'll give you a road race. What have you got? A scooter? What have you got? A Ferrari? Yeah. That's cheating. So
0: this NWA guy said, "Yeah, we'll do this." And as uh, as Dave's put here, whoa,
1: whoa, Oh, oh like for oh. those who are watching on the Patreon, my camera fell over in shock, like it was the Sandman hearing he was about to shoot fight <laughs> Dan Severin. You know? Yeah. am oh, sorry. So how was the, how did they respond to such shenanigan? Well, well, this is a. Uh... A few
0: months ago, apparently, just this fella just being a bit of a maverick. It didn't say how they responded. I assume ECW just ignored it. Because as Dave's put here, it was the equivalent of a skinny schoolyard punk getting the baddest dude in school and having him challenge all the other kids. However, this Eugene Moore has just been a thorn in ECW's sign. So they got slapped around verbally, ECW, after the fire incident we reported on where all the lights went out and Terry Funk was on fire and... People thought they were going to die and there was a stampede. Um, apparently, there was a report to a government department in Pennsylvania from a fan saying the incident was dangerous, which was allegedly signed by this Eugene Moore. However, Moore wasn't at that show that night, but was at Dennis Coraluso's NWA show, and he claims he never signed it. ECW officials also claimed at one of their shows at the arena that Dennis Moore was caught letting air out of people's tyres. So he's just been turning up and thinking, fuck you ECW, I'm having a go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... What a guy! He's he, he, Dave's put here, I don't want to let anyone get the idea this is a one-way street. ECW very famously did a double cross on Darius Coraluto with Shane Douglas throwing down the title and telling him to kick, kiss his ass. Sabu's no-showed shows for him. So they're just going back and forth. So on... Um, he, he, he successfully lobbied and got you know the attendance for an ECW show. The maximum capacity was lowered as a result because he was like, oh, it's dangerous. Um, but ECW, they were the kings of spin, so they spinned it into us versus them. They made some building changes to get them the regular amount of punters in. And on TV, Joey Styles mentioned the company had got him a proper variance and thanked on air Eugene Moore of New Jersey for making it possible. And they were dedicated the weekend tour called the Big Ass Bash to him. Moore, who is about 300 pounds. So they were basically saying, yeah, I was- <laughs> So he he phoned up one of the channels that airs ECW and threatened to sue over the remarks, saying, they're calling me a fat bastard on TV. (laughs) Fuck off. Um, And then he he was saying that he'd spoken to this guy called Bob Ayers at this TV station. And he's like saying, Bob Ayers has said, yeah, yeah, you're getting cancelled, yeah. So him and Darius Coraluzzo are ringing everyone up saying, ECW's been cancelled. We've got a video, we've got a tape recording of him saying it. And people were saying, let's hear this tape. Apparently it sounded like the fella, but they're using, you know, tape analysis to figure out if it's actually him. So ECW were just like, right, we're not having this. And then this, this Ayers fella later said, show was never cancelled. It was wishful thinking on the part of Moore and Coraluto." So they've been going on the internet, several hotlines saying, fuck ECW. Paul Heyman said he knew nothing of it, but was unconcerned. And it wound up with this more, and Paul Heyman both threatened to sue each other. So, Carney
1: bollocks. I love Carney bollocks. It's the best kind of bollocks.
0: Small bits of news, and then we can get on with the show.
1: Bring all the news-flavoured deliciousness. So, one which
0: will go, mmm. And one which makes us go, mmm. <laughs> so, so, the, mmm. Is from WCW. Johnny B. Bad's contract expired at the end of February and he's working
1: without a new deal. Mm. He is having an awful time in WCW. He is not a happy boy. As we've talked about on the Classic Nitro review, he did a dark match loss to Paul White just the other week. And they're just basically the vibe that he's getting is there's nothing creatively for him as his contract is coming to an end. So. I mean the fact, quite nicely, the fact that they
0: ran so far and for so long with a little Richard impersonator deserves to be commended. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> so, in some weird uh, news, right? WWF in syndication. It doesn't say what show, but I assume Raw in syndication before a Godwins versus New Rockers match. A dog took a dump in the ring, <laughs> and they showed a close-up of it. <laughs> no, uh, you did Kurt Hennig said he hoped it didn't say something about the quality of the upcoming match. Unfortunately for him, it did.
1: How did, how did. how did a dog get in the ring?
0: And had a shit. And he showed a close-up of it. That's amazing. How did, you,
1: how did a dog get in the ring?
0: Generation X, 1996. Yeah. Fuck the man. Here's a dog pooing on TV. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh god i hope that i hope that turns up on the show somehow it saying that it was kurt coming hennig... up it's vince versus the dog that shit well if it's got kurt... funny skits
0: surely it'd have to be superstars then if it's kurt hennig yeah so it will be, yeah yeah, so we'll have to because uh, i don't think that'll be on the network will it? i don't think we'll... well they
1: they apparently have this week uploaded more episodes of superstars Right, okay. So it could so, be there. The dog shitted episode of Superstars
0: could be there. Wonderful. We'll try and find that later and have a a, a lovely laugh about that. If not, it'll be, it'll be on YouTube, won't it, if a dog did a shit in the ring. <laughs> I've
1: never, I have never in all of my life heard a story of a dog just taking a shit in the middle of a wrestling ring. Yeah, kennel from hell, that's different. That was outside the ring. That so. was outside the ring and it was mainly piss, not shit. Yeah. Not as, but not as. shit. Oh that poor dog, I think he must have been a nervous shit. And as as Rittenkampf have said, you know, the mat is sacred, so <laughs> the shat is sacred. <laughs> oh.
0: But uh yeah, that's that's all the bollocks for this week.
1: Let's get a Matter Night Rowl for a week commencing march the fourth, nineteen ninety six. Busy opening. Tonight, we discover the destiny of the ultimate warrior. We have a 24 carat pictures production of Gold Dust in Piper's Pit.
0: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage
1: for you. Learn more at uh1.com. intriguing he's a billionaire you won't believe his obnoxious racist sexist remarks this is vince talking into a mirror uh no (laughs) talking about billionaire ted on tv trivia tonight on raw oh and by the way there is some wrestling tonight as well Bret hart versus Hunter Hurst Helmsley and Shawn Michaels versus the one, two, three kid. Both men getting ready for their Iron Man match at WrestleMania Twelve. We see some little bits in the opening video as well of what we will see on the night of WrestleMania twelve. They do that amazing vignette that sort of chronicles their training and their and their their, their journey to get to WrestleMania twelve yeah. and shows them in the gym on the treadmill and stuff like that, improving their conditioning so uh, a busy episode of raw that opens the first person that we see is Shawn michaels the number one contender for the wwf title with one two three kid already in the ring vince and Lawler speculate if the kid can derail the heartbreak express they're pushing that lex luger bollocks on him and i don't <laughs> like it <laughs> the opening of this match is is sublime so sean's yeah. doing his dancing dances into the ring One, two, three, kid runs at him. Sean, without breaking a a sweat, without breaking his stride, backflips kid over the top, then carries on dancing. His music doesn't stop. The lights don't go up. The pyro still goes off. And kid's just bolted to the back. It's amazing. (laughs) Oh, that was just a lovely little touch. Happy that they did that. Uh, From there, we have our opening match. Uh, Technical offering. A cocky one, two, three, kid almost getting cradle for a 3 early on but uh he's doing he's actually getting a fair bit in against Shawn Michaels Bret Hart yeah, yeah he's watching on a monitor backstage wearing his sunglasses indoors kind of talking a bit like how a footballer will talk after getting mad at the match very much like yeah well yes he's very good yes he's very good it's just like there's like Bret never like and I know Bret Hart fans will will uh, will chase me out of town with pitchforks for comments like this, but he never had that sort of sports entertainment energy to him, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I, I'm reading that. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and, and and not until he was heel, really. He was never, but I think that's the appeal of breath, though wasn't it? It was just like, oh, this isn't a sports entertainer. This is just a dude who'll tie you up and knot Because I mm-hmm. I thought I thought the same about uh definitely name redacted Chris Benoit. He was terrible on the microphone, yeah. But the appeal of him was just getting it done in the ring.
1: That's what Brett is all about. But he's doing these little backstage bits throughout the match, watching and studying Shawn Michaels. Kid Mm. gets a fair amount of offense in this one, actually. At one point, drop-kicking Shawn out of the ring, following up with a cross body, and then Ted DiBiase getting a cheap shot in as well. Surprising amount of stuff for the kid on the number one contender and the leader of the new generation.
0: Yeah, uh, obviously, like you said before, clickmates are there to make each other look fucking good. But once Mm. a free kid, he's... His offence looks crisp. Sean's selling for him. He's getting a lot of his martial arts kicks, as Vince McMahon will call them. Uh, Yeah, he looks really
1: good in this match. Uh, In terms of their Iron Man match, which they're talking about quite a bit on commentary, Jerry Lawler opines that Brett's strategy will be to take his boot off and make Sean smell his feet. Uh, Calling back to a a feud that, (laughs) Jesus Christ, I hope we never mention again, which is Brett versus Lawler. But apparently we, they just fused it. I don't know how much of this you... I think you caught... You at the tail end of it. But my we, God. Years yeah. They fused, years.
0: Well, was it King of the Ring in 93? 93
1: it started. Yeah. So the be- best part of three years. <sighs> just kept coming. I don't know why it wasn't even that engaging. But they kept doing it. Uh, kid in charge throughout the commercial break. but Sean lands a flying clothesline to get back into the mix. Sean finally... Getting back on with a moonsault. He goes to Sweet to music, but Kid slides out of the ring. And he kind of suckers Michaels to give chase outside the ring. And when he gets back in the ring, Sean hits a body slam. Sorry, so one, two, three, Kid hits a body slam. But then misses a top rope leg drop, leaving him wide open for a puff, switch to music for the one, two, three. Sean Michaels wins post-match. A young Sean Michaels girl slash fan slash plant gets into the ring to have a little dance for Sean which is adorable she represents the click so presumably she'll then go go home and negotiate sting pocket money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to get darker there Tom so <laughs> <a word. laughs> what do we reckon to our opener?
0: this is fucking great this is really mm. good I've put that in 1996 this is pay-per-view quality Um and like I said Kid at this point in his career, I'm surprised they never trusted him with a title run because he's there's, there's no one like him in the company, too small, damn it. Yeah, that's true in, in Vince McMahon's eyes, yeah. But mm. he was just so good, he could have been the ultimate underdog fighting intercontinental champion, couldn't he? Really, he was good enough to hold the belt.
1: Oh, I think definitely an intercontinental run, yeah. That's yeah, he, he was, uh, it was an omission to not give him that. Later on in his time, he'd become sort of the European champion, and that'd be a yeah. belt that he'd very much make his own. He would get an IC title run, I believe. I think so. Many years later, like 2000, I think so. 2001 maybe. I'm sure. Was it X Factor on. time,
0: or was it just before then?
1: I think it might have been before then. I'm going to check. I'm sure that X Pac was a former Intercontinental champion.
0: I mean, uh, I did. A few years ago, I think 2019, I did the every intercontinental champion ranked list, so I should know
1: this. <laughs> you th- yeah, but you had it. But we yeah, both have gone. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, let me see. He is a he, oh, he was never an intercontinental champion. Hmm. Well, butter my ass. I genuinely thought he was. Uh, yeah. He he was a two-time European champion, a two-time light heavyweight champion, a former cruiserweight champion, uh, tag champ with Giannetti, Bob Boboli, and Kane. He won a Slammy Award. I mean, Road Dog was Intercontinental no, no, no. Champion. The Godfather
0: was Intercontinental Champion.
1: Madness. Never was. Never no. got the shout. I, I, don't think, I don't even know whether he ever won a world title. I'm just sort of going through his title history now, and he was always sort of light heavyweight divisions, mainly. He yeah. was the Great Lakes Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion once. There you go. it for the great lakes well done g well done well (laughs) Well, what did you think of the match i really enjoyed it i don't know whether like i'm always sort of dubious about like oh did did the did did the kid get too much offense on the on the guy who's going to main event wrestlemania um but then as you say like it's the click looking after the click yeah making making kid look like a a credible threat in all Uh, of this as well and Um, i mean
0: i know he ended up getting is bum wiped but he he feuded with razor ramon who's of the top faces of the company as well so it's 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 not a massive leap
1: no no it's and you know what it was but all in all it was a it was a fun old match to get things started we then have a video to 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 endure together uh, as it's presented by shattered dreams productions and 24 carat pictures is this the first time that we see these two logos. That's what I've thought as well. I was like, "Oh, the first
0: Shattered Dreams product," because that even until his latest WWF run ended,
1: that was always at the beginning of Dust video, wasn't it? So yeah, but obviously we don't really have much in the way of like big videos at this point. So yeah, true. Yeah. We wouldn't have seen it. Uh, this is Goldust in Piper's Pit. Piper's Pit, a film by Marlena, and we go to Goldust and Marlena on the set of the original Piper's Pit from The 80s and Goldust is wearing a kilt. He says the earliest teenage fantasies were derived from the pit for him, hanging on every one of Piper's words as each syllable spilled from his luscious lips. He says he erupted with pleasure when he smashed that coconut over Superfly's seed. That's uh, a one way of looking at it. Piper <laughs> says he's got a rise out of some of Piper's Hollywood hits like they live. Let's let's push the ho- Piper being a Hollywood megastar just for fun. Says he may go down as a Hollywood great, but not the greatest, because that title belongs to Goldust. He then suggestively plays the bagpipes. <laughs> Says you will never, you will remember the name, and you'll never forget the name <laughs> of Goldust. Now, good bit, good skit, like yeah. interesting skit. Um. It's somebody's thing, and that's fine. Me personally, the sound of rubber through all of this, I really put my teeth on edge.
0: I've actually got here that it's it's. I just put gold dust suit. Gold dust suit creaks a lot, which somehow makes it creepier. And I'm I'm not a fan of noises, but mine's more like wet noises, so that didn't bother me too much. Whereas if it was him, like licking his lips and stuff like that, that would more set me off. But. Yeah, I could, I can understand the misery of noise.
1: <laughs> it was just, I just felt like every time he moved, it was just like you say, it was creaking, just, just like the sound of, mm. like balloons rubbing. It was just, oh, just, and as I say, it's somebody's thing, and that's fine. But I never thought about it before. I never thought that that suit would make that kind of noise. Yeah, but it, obviously it does because we all heard it. But considering, even though it's
0: probably not the desired effect. You have been inadvertently creeped out by it, which I think is meant to be the vibe. So, yeah. That's true. And like at the time, Risque is bollocks even now with a PG head on. I know we've just had the news that the PG era is pretty much over in as many words. But I don't think WWE if they go back like Raunchy Sheet, they'd never touch anything like this again. I don't think AEW would touch anything like this of basically gold dust filleting a bagpipe. <laughs> so yeah it was i thought I, I love all this stuff i think it's great i think it's really good really effective and yeah come on
1: on to mania effective is indeed the word yeah. Effect. we will hear from piper in a little bit but before we do uh we have the ultimate warrior announcement Uh, We have clips of Warrior from back in the day. Vince McMahon putting over the intensity of the Ultimate Warrior and his meteoric rise in the Wild Wrestling Federation beating the self-professed immortal Hulk Hogan. Fuck you, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lovely little fuck you to Terry. The self-professed immortal Hulk Hogan beating some shit bloke called Terry, lol. Uh, Vince says after WrestleMania seven and his match against the Macho Man Randy Savage no shade for Savage. Um, he says that after that the warrior mysteriously vanished. Ooh. So WrestleMania 8 didn't happen. <laughs> yeah just yeah. just in a, just just disappeared into a cloud of dust just after just WrestleMania seven. <laughs> <Just bug it laughs> Vince then makes it official brace yourself for the return of the most intense reckless skyrocket of them all. The Ultimate Warrior, warriors coming back atkins. I think it's weird though, because isn't this the third video we've seen on
0: Raw? And they're just like, "Oh, Ultimate Warrior's coming back." I was like, "What?" So we're meant to believe that the other two weeks they were
1: just like, "Oh, we'll just run this just in case." The the setup for these has been weird. As you're right, it has. This is the third video we've seen, but they've taught they've sort of told this really like bizarre story where the first video was. Hey, remember the Ultimate Warrior? (laughs) Anyway, back to Raw. And then the next week was fans organically saying, Oh, I I want the Warrior back. That'd be great. Can we have the Warrior back? And then this week, them going, All right, because you asked, you can have (laughs) the Warrior back. (laughs) It's just, no, that's not. It is like when you say, What do you want for tea? We can either have burgers or salad but burgers oh i really want burgers oh all right then if that's what you want you can have burgers (laughs) weird energy for this but either way we're we're getting him back and we'll have a little pipe we'll have a little update from piper on warrior in just a moment because then we come to well we come we're kicking off our next match but then we get a bunch of other gumph before we get to it so uh hakushi's making his way to the ring uh we we get told by vince and lawla that piper roddy piper the president of the wwf is going to be on the line next and then we cut to break before the break we get this weird black and white shot of the huckster who is the hulk hogan parody handcuffed to a turnbuckle with a voiceover asking where's the huckster tonight I'm sure we'll find out later in this broadcast, Tom. It'll make sense <laughs> later, but for yeah. now, it doesn't. No. Uh, we get a shot of Sunny rollerblading. It's revealed that she is guest hosting WWF Mania on Sunday. A lot of teenage awakenings expected on Sunday morning. <laughs> Keep the door shut. Mum, don't come in! Uh, next week on Raw... We then, get a, we then get a video announcement for next week on Monday night. Uh, the Undertaker and Yokozuna next week are putting their classic feud aside to team up against Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Holy shit, that's massive. Can Bulldog please slam Yokozuna? Get down, you bastard. <laughs> get down, you
0: bitch. Get down. Oh, come on now. Hey. Oh. If given time and if everyone's asked and if Yoko can move, that'd be decent. That'll be a decent main event. That'll be Pre- a
1: fun little main event. Yeah.
0: Presuming it's a main event. You never know. It could be Barry Horowitz versus
1: Avatar or something. No one knows. <laughs> anyway, back to the ring. Cause Hakushi is finally there. Hey. The Raw Band play his opponent to the ring. They kind of they kind of play their instruments over the top of the backing track. Yeah. For his opponent making their raw debut, it's flipping Justin Hawk Bradshaw.
0: Well, Hooray! it's it's Bradshaw pretending to be Stan Hansen. <laughs> and weirdly enough, Vince McMahon on Coventry goes, "Ah, oh, he's a bit like Stan Hansen." Oh. It's like, oh, that's weird. The WWF calling back to people who were there in like the seventies—that doesn't usually happen.
1: Yeah, he did. Vince, you're right. Vince describes it as. A throwback from the Wild West and the Stan Hansen days. Yeah, as a th- uh, and uh, they they announce that he's brought to the ring by Zebediah, formerly of the Blue Brothers, otherwise Blue Brothers, known yeah. as Dutch Mantel, the uh, biggest, hairiest
0: chops and mustache and <laughs> wrestling.
1: It's a fab, it's a fab bit of facial hair going on there. You could get lost in that for days. It really good <laughs> like I get lost in your eyes exactly mate. Yeah. just like that oh. uh, Piper <laughs> is on the line and asks Vince to shut up the Rush Limbaugh wannabe Jerry Lawler because he's got stuff to say so the match goes on with Piper doing some uh, some selling for next week whilst he's going on, uh, whilst it's going on. Piper it says he's happy to bring the Ultimate Warrior back listening to what the people wanted here's the Warrior video remember him I want him back. We've heard you. Um, he reve—he says he will reveal his first opponent next week and promises, promises he really bigs it up saying, you won't believe who his first opponent's going to be. Now, we know who his first opponent's going to be. Yeah. But the way Piper hypes it makes it like it's going to be somebody brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. no disrespect to his opponent, who it will be. But... The hype suggested that it was going to be somebody of a similarly major name value. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was... Uh,
0: I don't know if this was Piper just being Piper and going off script or them trying oh, to okay. big up. Yeah, I was going to say, or oh, it could have been WWF saying, make him sound important, do us a favor,
1: wink. Make him sound important, thumbs
0: up, nod, wink, yes. But yeah.
1: But I think what you do here is that you kind of set everybody up for a bit of a fall. Yeah. when you do it like that i mean you could have easily just got around the fact by saying warrior is back next week and i'll be here next week as well and then you can announce the warrior match you can have Helmsy come out and go oh he's a piece of shit that warrior and then pipe <laughs> and go Eh, hey, tell you what i haven't signed his opponent yet so guess what you're doing at wrestlemania you're fighting yes. the armor warrior and you get to that point without sort of building up unnecessarily large expectations yeah definitely you know, just well, hey, maybe they do it that way. We'll find out. Um, on the subject of Piper's pit starring Goldust that we just saw, Piper says, I didn't know Ed Wood is still alive. <laughs> he compares Goldust to Adrian Adonis. I liked that. I really liked that. Yeah. like that. Because he says he's played the mind games with Adonis before, but it says next week he's going to be there live and he's going to give Goldust a piece of his mind. There won't be any gold left, but there'll be a lot of dust good line. a nice liners here um but that kind of ends piper's points on commentary back in the ring Harkushi has been battered by justin hawk bradshaw because there is a match happening he mounts a comeback uh but an aggressive bradshaw uh, with a with a with a mooter um oh, cartwheel with... elbow that's yeah. the one uh, and he even lands a dive and nearly bends Bradshaw in half. It looked awful. Reminded me a little bit of when Ridge Holland caught Oney Lorkin on that dive on NXT back in 2019. That one where it, where it just basically just shattered Ooh. Ridge Holland's legs.
0: Yeah, I was like, which one do you mean? And then the more you spoke, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I know the one you mean. Because what was clear here, because I noticed like J-B- JBL, Bradshaw gets up before Hakushi. Jibbles, Jibbles gets up before Hakushi and is like, oh John, you twat, but clearly he was meant to catch him, <laughs> because what he does is he pulls him up, gets him in like a, like a fall away slam position, just starts slamming him, so yeah, I think he just didn't, didn't realise that he possibly wasn't going to catch the man flying at him, it's almost <laughs> like wrestlers say beforehand, oh yeah, this will work, and then forget the fact that they've got to wrestle a wrestler match before getting to that point, so... It's about right, it's about right.
1: Uh, So anyway, back in the ring, uh, Harkushi uh, gives it another go but ends up eating a big boot from Justin Hawk Bradshaw and then the as-yet-untitled clothesline from hell for the one, two, three. Actually, Vince calls it a lariat. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Which is the right way to call it. It is indeed a lariato. It was a weird one, this, because
0: it's... I've put here, like, I've put I would have liked to have seen this Bradshaw in Japan because he wrestles that, like I said, the Stan Hansen stiff as fuck style. But in WWF, it's always just to come come across as cunty for no reason. Like, he was kicking fuck out of Hakushi at some bits, like, proper, like, kicking him in the back. And obviously, Hakushi, he's from Michinoku Pro. And I had a look on Cage Match. This is the last time we'll see him on the pod. He's got two more matches in Superstars, and then he's gone. To New Japan to face Muta and then back to Mishinoku Pro, so he can definitely take it. That Japanese style of being able to take stiff shots, but I don't know. I don't know if it's just years of knowing about the backstage Bradshaw that when I see him, just like you're being a bit of an arsehole in the ring. But again, you put it in a Japanese company, and I'd love it. I, a bit of a hypocrite,
1: yeah. But I don't know meat and potatoes is it, match. Is it more because in somewhere like like an All Japan style to have Bradshaw there? sort of like swinging those big punches and being a bit cunty. You're in there with people that can be cunty back. Exactly, yeah. And and, and if he gives it some, like he has to receive it as well. Yeah. yeah I'd be the one to see, you know, you want to see JBL take a big old fucking King's Road back suplex
0: driver. Oh, imagine that. But uh, no, I thought this was and Spud's victory, effective. Um, he no-sold a bit too much of Hakushi's stuff. I don't think Hakushi got anything until a handspring elbow. Uh, and then afterwards Bradshaw and Zebekiah
1: hogtied him and branded him which I thought was kind of cool. I thought yeah not it's it's not hot metal thankfully it's it's yeah. ink. So that's all right. I don't know whether like having the ink whether it looks a little bit shit because yeah. <laughs> it's like like rubber stamping them rather than like I'm not suggesting that you give him like a proper hot iron and burn the bastard. I think <laughs> like Terry Funk. Yeah, like just properly scold him. I don't know. I didn't know whether, like, having the ink version, whether. I, I can't decide whether it worked that well. Whether it looked just like you just rubber stamped him like you would papers. No, that's fair. But I. I, I, was into I like that. the hog I was tying into. bit, though. I thought that was fun. Yeah. What did you think of the match? I thought it was, as you say, just like. It was kind of a backdrop to Piper with some exposition. Yeah. Really. Uh, but it was. Uh, and it, which is always strange when it's like. Like, for people who just watch Raw, this is a debut. <sighs> yeah. And it's kind of overshadowed by. Like, you have to do the. I guess that the show is so packed, you've got to you I guess you have to do that bit here with Piper. I guess you have to. Yeah. Um just felt ashamed to sort of overshadow Justin Hawke Bradshaw's debut on yeah, Raw with so much exposition for other things.
0: Well, I mean the crowd didn't care for most of it. They they got a bit of noise at the end when Hikushi made a comeback, but for most of it they were silent really, so. They weren't really that arse. Were I they? think it's I think it's wait and see with Bradshaw, isn't it?
1: Mankind. Up next. Do you realise I can hear through these walls, says Mankind, in almost pitch black this week, shaking and talking. Mommy tried to make excuses, but he said I was a boy no longer, that I was becoming dangerous and my emotions would have to be numbed. So I paid him a visit. He will never forget. The fear in his eyes as he whimpered, what kind of man could do this? No kind of man only mankind can be this evil and the deceit and the treachery that has been spread throughout the millennium that has taken form on my disfigured frame is about to be paid back to the perpetrators when the time is at hand no one will have a nice day cue shaking and crying from mankind as this promo ends fuck it out these are great
0: this is the darkest one so far Oh. A legend that he's just maimed some gentleman caller who knew his mother. Um, I do have some Observer Mick Foley stuff, if you'd like it quickly. Oh,
1: is this is this a, a very different visit that Mick Foley paid that will never be forgotten? Well, there's two. I've got one that he, uh, he filed
0: suit this past week against WCW over <laughs> the incident where he lost his ear in Germany. Yeah! Yeah! Um, but this is the first time I've heard of him actually suing them. I don't know if he went over it in Have a Nice Day, the first book. I don't remember hearing about this either. No. I like uh, books. Considering it's, well, it's 1996, when did he lose the ear? Was it 94, 95, 94? 94. So, so I think it's been a couple of years. I don't know what the statute of limitations is of losing your ear in a workplace environment. But also it says uh Foley is currently on his final tour of Japan for the IWA before his scheduled debut in the WWF. As mankind, his final match, at least at the time being, as Cactus Jack, will be on March 9th in Philly for ECW. Apparently, so a little bit of time until we get him in the ring and in front of a, a hard cam.
1: It's uh it's interesting that he's going through this lawsuit thing just as he's starting with the WWF. You'd think yeah. the WWF would wouldn't want any of that going on, unless they while said. he's starting.
0: Yeah, maybe they've encouraged him. I mean, we're not, we're not saying
1: anything, we don't know anything, but it could be another one in the eye for WCW, couldn't it? So. Could very well be. Uh, coming very, very soon is Mankind. We come to our main event of the evening. It is Bret Hart in a little tune-up match for WrestleMania 12 versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, Helmsley joined to the ring by Penthouse magazine model Emerald Hart which no doubt caused Jack Atkins to shout, Sausage! <laughs> Throw his top manager's ranked list across the room and storm out screaming. Luckily, after the first time we got one of the ladies of Hunter Hearst
0: Helmsley, I just grouped them together. I was just ah, like, well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you notice as well on the screen when he turned up, it said his name was H.H. H. H. Hemsley. So,
1: ah! I didn't spot that H.H. Hemsley so oh they got that god yeah. double, double, H Hel- double H Hemsley Hemsley oh well that's the, I wonder whether they were trying the, the, the double H thing or whether they just ran out of letters uh, a, little from a little from Cold little from Cold probably so yeah Emerald Heart a penthouse magazine model cover girl twice in the mid 90s but uh, her life before and after that time is shrouded in mystery as I haven't been able to find anything else about her <laughs> I hope she's all right we then get a wwf shop commercial with a really weird bit of voiceover as it's panning around as normal where we see the shirts and the like there is a wrestlemania 12 chair with a lady sat on the chair smiling at the camera and doc Hendricks is describing this chair and midway through he says christine can you stand up please to which Christine, the woman in the chair, smiling away, stands up so we can see where her bottom was, which is the rest of our year 12 logo. I <laughs> just thought it was really strange that Doc Hendricks just... I didn't realise he was so uh, om- om- omnipresent in these segments. <laughs> he he just, Christine, he's the, can you stand up, please? He was in the rafters. He was just, like, hanging above. Just, like... <laughs> hanging above Christine, as we all are. Uh, <laughs> so we get... After that, we get some sponsors for the show. It's sponsored by the Army, sponsored by Burger King. And for the first time, Raw is sponsored by Castrol. Oh. That'll Uh, stick around for years, won't it? You want a little fact find on Castrol? Come on, hit me. British Oil Company is Castrol. I always thought it was an American oil place. It's a British place. Mm. Uh, Originally called CC Wakefield, part of the Wakefield Oil Company founded by charles wakefield in 1899 now wakefield patented the wakefield lubricator stop it um, this is designed for steam engines in the 1890s and it allows key components like cylinders the bearings and the axle box to maintain high performance the brand castrol it originated after they started adding castor oil to lubricant formulations. so the name is a bit of a breakdown a bit of a portmanteau that It became their main selling product, their highest earner. So they basically renamed uh, CC Wakefield and the Wakefield Oil Company to simply Castrol. Uh, It became synonymous with the F1. Companies like McLaren and Williams had sponsorships with them. They also sponsored major events and continue to do so, like the World Rally Championships and the World Touring Car Championships. And they were quite a consistent part of WWF sponsorship during the 90s. We'll see lots of adverts. Certainly, I remember being introduced to Castrol through Castrol GTX sponsorships for, like, Slam of the Week, Boot of the Week, general, like, pay-per-view advertisements. So WWF really get into bed with Castrol in the next four years or so.
0: Is it Castrol who has, like, the mini blimp in some WWF arenas as
1: well? Yes, the Castrol GTX blimp. There you see the Castrol. They have the Castrol blimp. They have the, uh, the Stridex blimp. Oh. And they have a karate Fighters blimp, which we have seen. Oh fuck! <laughs> we, oh. I, I hope. I think we do see the karate fighters blimp again. There you see the karate fighters blimp. Blimps, blimps are amazing. Who, who? I like the fact that someone
0: thought right. there's a new method of air travel. It's a blimp. Do you good? Year. Do, do you want to put? Do you want to <laughs> brand this blimp? And everyone's like, Yeah,
1: go on weird
0: it's very strange
1: i like when the the inventor of the blink went we really like high speed air travel but we think it's too fast yeah if we can slow it all the way down that'd be tip top (laughs) i want air travel that you can measure in knots please (laughs) i want us to have to measure it using an ocean based measuring (laughs) rather than miles per hour because that's embarrassing okay we get rewound to a wwf show in the meadowlands where a young girl is given Bret Hart's glasses and gets a big hug off the hitman. And she is in bits after this, crying and screaming for Bret Hart. Serious charm offensive by WWF here, making themselves out to be the real and friendly wrestling promotion. Louis is back, baby. If you're watching on the Patreon, you've got Louis who's coming for a cuddle from his dada. Ah, buddy. (laughs) See, Pablo doesn't let me hold him like that. He gets so cross. He's just a... Yeah, I'm just trying to keep him out of
0: trouble. I heard him staring behind me and I thought, If I keep hold of him, I know where he is then. <laughs>
1: hold me, daddy. Hold me, daddy. But uh, yes, uh,
0: Meadowlands. Serious, yes. Right. <laughs> serious.
1: Charm offensive by WWF though, because like they're trying to paint themselves to be this real friendly wrestling promotion outside of this juggernaut that is World Championship Wrestling. This is where they, they kind of go, they kind of bend and break to the whims of what they are they kind of go grassroots again and go people just like us because we're just regular we're just a mom and pop company that done good and we love our fans we're not like the greedy wcw pricks
0: they're very (laughs) that's
1: kind of their their raison d'etre there uh not many one-on-one triple h versus bret hart matches over the years so it's nice to see one here yeah from
0: what i could see on cage match only 20 they only wrestled 20 times, 21 if you include the Royal Rumble, but I don't count that. 20 times, only three on TV. So this is the first time ever on TV. And is that including, is that, are they all singles matches? All three matches they'll have on TV will be singles matches. Right, so uh, a lot a on lot the house shows will be, uh, as we get into like 96, or well, later 96, 97, will be triple threats, included Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Bret Hart versus Steve Austin. Oh! Which is,
1: yeah. Oh! yeah threatening me with a good time oof Hunt, hunter starts aggressive but brett sends him packing with a second rope clothesline nice little start as brett is working the arm here comes Shawn michaels planting a chair at ringside putting his feet up on the turnbuckle to sit back and watch the fight i like brett uh, Shawn michaels making himself not not going to hide in the back like sean like brett hart did but sean's going to make himself front and center here yeah. Uh, which is very Shawn Michaels. We got a break where they announced their Texas tour. They did a whole bunch of dates in Texas, heading up to a Shawn Michaels big showdown in San Antonio, which everyone's very excited about. Homecoming for your heartbreak kid. When we're back, Hart is still out wrestling Hunter as Shawn is watching on. Shawn Michaels is wearing a weird T-shirt. It's a Shawn Michaels uh, b- bit of merch. Did you look at this shirt very closely? I was, I was more distracted by the cap because he was wearing
0: a cool heartbreak kid cap. Um, but his t-shirt yeah it it seemed to be i think it was meant to look like it was like newspaper clippings of statements about hbk but they weren't because it's 1996 no one's reviewing wrestling matches in the newspaper and it was just weird little snippets i couldn't make any of it out but it just very 90s well i made out
1: two of them one was it just said pin them okay The other said, (laughs) Michaels is in a whole different category. Okay. So I wonder whether they're Vince quotes, like commentary quotes that they've just put on a T-shirt. Yeah. Stupid idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. Brett is unhappy because Shawn Michaels is ringside and it nearly costs him, but he manages to spot Hunter out of the corner of his eye, flying towards him off the ring apron, gives him a big old gut punch. However, Hunter will take control before the break. He gets booted in the face when he misses a top rope. Nothing, though. And he even lands a little flare flop because Triple H loves himself some Ric Flair. Yeah, I noticed that was clear as day, that, wasn't it? Beautiful. Uh, Brett starts some of his moves of doom, but Hunter gets a foot on the ropes after a diving elbow to prevent a pin. Brett's very upset about this, by the way. Uh, Brett and Hunter end up brawling to the outside very briefly. Uh, Hunter gets undone. He goes for another top rope. Nothing. Will the boy ever learn? and he gets caught in a <laughs> sharpshooter for the tap out win. Shawn Michaels takes his ball and goes home. Sorry, takes his chair and goes back up the ramp. <laughs> Shawn leaves as Bret Hart celebrates. What do you reckon to one of the lesser spotted Bret Hart uh, Bret Hart Triple H matches? Uh it was okay. I've just f- okay, wasn't it? Yeah, I've just put, it's, it felt like an
0: average house show match. It was more about the story of, you know, Shawn getting under Brett's skin by watching him. And it's weird for this as well. This is Triple H's first televised singles lost. Even though I had it in my head, and I think everyone else did, that um, the match that we've alluded to earlier without naming names, I always thought that was his first loss. But this is his first televised loss. Not including Survivor Series and stuff like that. This is his first actual... Yeah.
1: See, I I didn't realise it was his first televised singles lost. Yeah. Yeah, I had a I had a quick look before. What a waste. Like yeah, built this to a thing. It's very saved strange. it for the warrior. <laughs> uh, uh. But um <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was like I said, it was one of them that I was just like, Yeah, it's okay. They're both obviously I'm a big Bret Hart fan, uh, and Triple H is a good worker, but I was I don't know if I was expecting more, but then knowing that they're both quite old school in there thinking this doesn't surprise me at the same time
1: doesn't matter because even though Triple H has eaten a loss here, at this point there are conversations about how Hunter Hearst Helmsley, how Jean-Paul Levesque is going to be a a guy they're going to want to build and get behind. And I, I believe that 1996 will be a year where WWF truly get behind Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I cannot see a single reason why they would want to do anything other than protect him Definitely. and push him to the moon. There is nothing... Yes. I can think of that would stop that from happening. Let's go to our main event portion of the evening. Not even that's not even the main <laughs> event. Because that main event slot we reserve for the man who is running the competition. It's a billionaire Ted skit. Hey. The following satire is intended to entertain and inform. The quotes contained herein are actual quotes by the man who could control 50% of America's cable systems. Ted Turner so that sets you up for what we are about to see which is something akin to a character assassination um Ted Turner sorry sorry billionaire Ted they are different people is on the TV show TV trivia I have no idea who the guy is playing the host I was watching this and in the office today. And Ross walked past my monitor and asked, when did Jeremy Beadle start working? For <laughs> he looked a bit like the, is it the the
0: psychiatrist from the first series of Twin Peaks? <laughs>
1: That's a good
0: shout. You know, the guy with the different colored lenses. I can't remember his name. It's been that long since I've watched it. But... I know who you mean, though. Yeah, but I, I was trying to figure out who he was meant to be as well.
1: Hey, if you know who it is, uh, classic at cultaholic.com. Pop by. There you go.
0: What a a pro, ladies and gentlemen. What a pro.
1: What a pro. What a pro. What a pro. What a pro. 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 (laughs) Uh, It is is Billionaire Ted playing the game, sat next to. Oh, there she is again. Emerald Heart. Hey. Sausage. So, what happens here is it's a case of playing Who Said This? And and it's a series of quotes from Billionaire Ted. some quite tame in comparison saying like the world lived without jesus christ you'll live without me in baseball where it's like okay and what happens is the whole running gag is that ted says the wrong person but then emerald heart next to him goes oh you're funny billionaire ted and the, and the host goes that's right it was billionaire ted that said that and like, oh, that's a terrible thing to say, Billionaire Ted. It was right, as Billionaire Ted that said that. Uh, the phrases uh, get quite sexist and quite racist, mm. uh, which is why I've not written them down <laughs> to repeat. Yeah. Because they aren't very nice, but um, they're all real things that Ted Turner has said. Um, I, I don't want to defend them by saying take it out of context, but they're not very nice, whether they're in context or not. No. And uh, the whole, that's the whole premise of the skit is to go, look at the awful things that Ted Turner has said in real life. It's just... Yeah. Eventually, Ted gets sick of this whole skit. He gets angry and literally pulls the plug, which ends Monday Night Raw. Uh, what did we make of the billionaire Ted skit this week of TV trivia? Well, I've put, like... Obviously, Ted Turner, he
0: often was outspoken. And he said some dumb shit, and some of these quotes were fucking horrible. And... They are open to ridicule. It's right to ridicule them, but in this context, it felt grubby. It, it, yeah. it, it didn't feel like WWFS, WCW anymore. Like you said, this was just a character assassination, and you're thinking, who's getting anything out of this apart from Vince McMahon? Um, but like we said, yeah, based on these quotes, fuck them. But mm, this... grubby is
1: the word. Grubby yeah. is
0: the word. Uh what about you like, just grubby wasn't it yeah just felt
1: yeah i mean i mean this is kind of the level that we're at with it um the one bit that we did miss out is they had they cut to at one point they cut to the crowd during the game show and it's two ladies who who look like they are off their bid on something they don't know like <laughs> they don't look like they're in the universe they're, they look like they're on Pluto. they've just had photos taken of them by hubble <laughs> um and then in between them is the Nacho man and they ask yeah. the question where is where's the huckster and then we get that shot again of huckster tied up in the ring uh but with all handcuffed in the ring and he can't move to which nacho goes oh i think he's tied up and that's the joke um so that's a that's the thing that that happened as well these segments are they are creatively running out of steam but but getting uh, just getting more and more Dirty as the weeks go on, yeah. Uh, we're just a couple of weeks away from the, the end complete of this particular piece of business, so hang on in there, baby. We're nearly done. <laughs> uh, and that's Raw, that's Raw. A few <laughs> weeks until we get to WrestleMania. How did you feel about Raw this week? Uh, I thought it was
0: a good episode, it was solid, it was tight, um, full steam ahead towards Mania. The it was just basically the show was just HPK and Brett, really. You got the two matches bookended. They the mentioned Undertaker. I think they mentioned Diesel for a split second. You got Piper and Goldust as well. So, obviously, next week's episode will be oh, here's what Taker's doing for Mania. Here's what Yoko and Owen and all them will be doing. Uh, but HPK vs. 123 Kid was really, really good. Really good television wrestling. So, yeah, like this episode. I think they've been on a, a good. Good run of form recently.
1: Yeah, highlight for me was Sean versus The Kid. In terms of in-ring, I think that was great. I think Bret and Triple H was fine. It wasn't amazing. Yeah. Um, but it did what it needed to do. Uh, Bradshaw feels like a fresh character. You know, a bit aggressive, but feels like a fresh character. Like a like with an old-school throwback-style gimmick, which I'm not against. Just in general, like watching this compared to Nitro, and I feel like I, it's like a broken record at this point. But, you know, there is very much a, a focus on Raw. Like there's 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 an energy that runs through it. Nitro just feels like it's by the seam of its pants. We've had several weeks where like they do the same old shit every single week, and they yeah. get to like the, get to the Monday for a pay view and just go, oh, we haven't booked anything. Shit! Like it's all <laughs> by the seam of its pants. Whereas this feels slow and steady and controlled, and uh, and I like it for that. I'm, really, yeah. I'm enjoying the show for that like I, there's there's definitely a, a forward momentum on raw uh, but it won't reflect in the ratings really until there is an attitude adjustment uh, which we will uh, no doubt touch upon in the weeks to come mm. uh, and that is raw for this week now um are you now you're still working at the moment like so that you're not in office you're working from home yes. on secret projects uh j- just the
0: the aforementioned Marges list I successfully pitched something recently but then was told but focus on the managers first so this other thing that i'm doing won't be until probably the end of the year because i'd recently done the rise and fall of all japan my first rise and fall for uh, mr ross tweddle Wonderful. um and in the comments someone suggested something so i i pitched it and we've got the go ahead for that but again i'm not allowed to do it for a little while until i finished finished trudging through this oh. uh what what about yourself
1: um desert island Graps this week well uh, now you will with we we move some of the episodes around so this week you are getting Desert Island Graps with artemis who is a former nxt uk referee to be yeah. chatting to uh, because in case you missed it last week we had uh, impact wrestling's latest knockout killer kelly who yeah. has set the world on fire with us with a, a return to impact wrestling two years stuck in portugal we talk all about the journey that brought her back she opens up about her mental health it's a really great conversation for about nearly two hours that killer kelly and i have we have a decent amount of time having a nice long chat uh, so you can catch that on the podcast feed right and now classic nitro review returns as normal on thursday and you have the classic smackdown review on friday as well all being well it's uh, despite the the ridiculous heat wave it's business as usual uh, yes, just just sweatier than normal in fact by the time this goes out hope springs eternal there is talk of a thunderstorm on the way hey. so you might even be listening to this whilst the thunderstorm is, is going on or it might it, be it, the next day I can't wait
0: is that the classic WCW Thunder review is that what you're alluding <laughs> for
1: spoiler we're just going to talk about <laughs> the times that Kevin Ashton commentary and just shat on everybody for two years so for
0: just a bit of bookkeeping where are Well, I'm doing it from home again for the next episode and then
1: we'll be back to normal once the trains have sorted their ideas out. So we'll be back here together apart next week for another episode of the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. And until next time, you can reach us at classic at cultaholic.com. He is at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together we're at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Louie. Louie. Louie! We love you, Louie! I can see
0: Poppy in the distance and she's oh. she, she's that chunky that she looks a bit like my neighbour Totoro.
1: Uh... <laughs> well look, we won't bother we won't bother Louis because it is very hot but we love you Louis yeah. Watermelon neck brace and all. Watch it on the Patreon, you cowards! And of course the, the fuming entity that is Pablo. Oh yes, he's livid, he's staring at me right now. What? I can't help it if it's hot! Love you bye. Bye.
0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.